I mean, it's it's pretty dope. Uh, yeah. What's going on, everybody? It is Wayne G along with Sully and Jesse. You are watching Infinity Sports. Yeah, you are. Infinity Sports. <laughs> what's uh, going on, cool. guys? <laughs> hey, what's going on? Pretty cool episode today. It's actually our first episode in like three weeks that wasn't a scheduled interview episode. So we kind of get back to our normal flow of things. That should be fun. We're going to play Fact or Fiction. Jesse's up uh, three games to zero. or no, two games to zero on uh, Sully. So we'll pick it up there. Uh, I'm going to play the video intro. It's everybody's favorite. Get us pumped up. And then... Uh, your Viagra, guys. <laughs> jump right into it. Jordan... I sometimes feel like people tune in just to watch the intro and then peace out. And they just dip. They're like, all right, man, I'm outie. <laughs> I would if I thought you guys could handle it more often. That one episode I let you guys go. Thank God Coach Fields was there for you guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, unlike the, the show that we did together, we didn't have the interview and we just had to like bullshit for bullshit <laughs> talk. <laughs> we just pulled the show out of my ass. Yeah, we had nothing prepared. Uh, so thanks for listening, guys. Obviously, it is Monday. Mondays and Wednesday. Or no, I'm sorry. It's Wednesday. Whew, thank God it's not Monday. Mondays drunk Wednesday. again, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Mondays and Wednesdays, we are on at 7 p.m. on Facebook Live on the uh, Infinity Sports page and the RTF page. You can catch us there. We are rebroadcast in audio format the following days, Tuesdays and Thursdays, on the RTF Sports Network. So definitely listen to that. Listen to this show. If you miss any part of the show, like the last couple we've done have got, run a little bit long, you can check us out on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. So those are the three areas you can either download, you can stream, whatever you prefer, however you like, like to listen to podcasts. And, of course, we are an interactive show, so you can reach out to us at Infinity Sports Podcast on Facebook, on Instagram, and at Sports Infinity 5 on Twitter. And coming soon at www.infinitysportspodcast.com. We are going to have our own website up and running, and we will have links to all of the social media. We'll, we will stream our videos through the website as well. We will have uh, communication through the website. So obviously people can visit the website, and it's confusing to tell people, well, you have to watch Facebook Live, and you have to go to this particular page on Facebook. Now we can just say, go to the website. It's going to be streaming there. Absolutely, and you know very soon we'll be having some merchandise on there. We see these logos behind Wayne and I. I know Sully's is in the mail right now, but you know you want a T-shirt with this on it, everybody. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't want a 12 is a greater than 9 T-shirt? 100%. I can't wait to rock those every episode, man. <laughs> All right, so this is a, a really cool show today. Obviously, we have, um, you know, it's like getting back to normal, so we've got Fact or Fiction. Jesse is currently up two games to zero on Sully. So hopefully Sully can get a win here and kind of get a little bit closer. We've got a Hall of Fame or not Hall of Fame NBA Players Edition. We've got five favorite Disney movies along with a little bit of a Disney debate when we get to the Infinity Five. So uh, look forward to all that. But first, obviously, we are going to hit the news. 
How smooth was that this week? Look at that. Ooh, there you go, Wayne. <laughs> it's been so long since we had a chance to do our usual news segment. We're usually trying to rush through a couple of facts so we can get to our interview. So we're back to this day in history. I don't have a ton of them, but I have some things that I think are interesting. And before I get to that, though, there is actually kind of a big piece of news that I wanted to go over with you guys and with our viewers and our listeners, which is, you know, we've had a bit of a beef with another show on the station. Um, you know, to be blunt, kind of came at us pretty hard, uh, kind of saying some stuff about us. We kind of came back at them a little bit. It got kind of mixed up. There was uh, definitely some feelings hurt uh, by people. <laughs> and uh, I didn't know what to do about it. You know, I said, I need to reach out to somebody and really see, you know, what should I do about this? And I have a friend who's actually a, a boxing trainer in Philadelphia. His name is Mickey Goldmill. Uh, and, you know, he has uh, worked with guys like Rocky Balboa and Apollo Creed. And, you know, he just he's a really wise guy and he knows what to do in these sorts of situations. So I gave my friend Mickey a call. I was curious. I recorded it. Is it OK if I play for you guys my phone call with Mickey? Yeah. Hey, yo, Mick. Right, this, is the, this is my call with Mickey. Just asking him what we should do about our beef with To Be Blunt. Hey, Mickey. Hell, what do you want? Jeez, Mick. You feeling okay? Never mind my problem. What's your problem? I've been having some issues with To Be Blunt with Peasy. <laughs> he's a bum. I agree, but he got really upset. I said his show is trash. Well, ain't they? I think so, but he pointed out that his shows have more views than mine like a month ago. Freak love. You really think so? And it's true. Look, look at the other guy. I'm cheap, second-rate, two-bit nothing. I tried to tell him that, but Michael said not to go at him anymore. Why? Because he's sensitive, I guess. What should I do? I think we ought to knock his block off. I just don't know if I should. Why don't you stand up and fight this guy hard like you've done before? That was beautiful. Because he says he has radio experience. No, he ain't. And he said you are one-time lucky bum. Don't lay down in front of him like this. Well, what should I say to him? Go away! Go back to the docks where you belong. Oh, uh, you're right, Mickey. What else is new? Yeah, so there we go, Mickey. Has a... <laughs> <laughs> Bro. Mickey, has a, Mickey has a good advice for you. Oh, God. Is, what's that show so... called? To Be Buried? Is it, is it yeah. To Be Buried? <laughs> Bro, yeah, so I the countdown starts for how long till Sal blows a fucking gasket. <laughs> That's it. I can tell you guys to get off the air right Come now. Come on, yes. brother. <laughs> this is to be blunt, and we're a wrestling show. Yeah, so yeah, I guess Mickey's not a fan of the show either. I thought it was kind of funny. Hey, shocker. <laughs> oh, so God. jumping into our This Day in History, I know uh, people looking forward to that. Um this day in history, I love bringing up money. And in 1969, on August 12th, the Boston Celtics sold for $6 million. That's it? Some change. Yeah. So basically, like, their seventh man or eighth man off the bench could have bought the team back then. <laughs> <laughs> God, could you imagine? Um, August 13th, 1920, we have the U.S. Open is won by Ted Ray, who beats Harry Varden. Now... I don't know if you guys have seen that movie. It's a Disney movie, and I don't know if it's on either. Of your, no, because we're doing animated. But it's a Disney movie called uh, "The Greatest Game Ever Played" with uh, Shia LaBeouf. 
Uh, it's a good movie. He basically is an amateur. Uh, Francis, we met. He plays in the U.S. Open against Harry Varden and Ted Ray uh, and beats them. And it's a really, really good movie. So I'd recommend that one. I'll put is it on that the one? Oh, no. I was going to say, is that the one with Will Smith? But that's Bagger Vance. Good movie, yeah, too. Yeah. No, I just said Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, but Shia LaBeouf could be in it also with Will Smith. What do you mean? Shia LaBeouf's never uh, not in a movie with other people? Wayne's so, a, Wayne's so heated from that murder he just committed. Yeah. <laughs> that is a, that's a great preview into our movie talk later. Um, yeah, great preview. August 13th, 1938, Satchel Page pitches his first ever complete game in the major leagues. He's 42 years old. Totally just drafted Satchel Page in our draft, and I think, you know, because we brought him up so much, that's why he drafted him. No, I drafted him because I like him, and I was luckily he was still around uh, in the draft as late as he was, so I was pretty stoked. Uh, 1989, August 13th, PGA Championship. Payne Stewart wins. It's the first of his three majors. So uh, I'm a huge Payne Stewart fan. I mean, who doesn't love the Knickers and the beret kind of forward? That Just so awesome. And and from what I understand, just as nice a human being as ever existed. Just really great guy. And it was very sad, obviously, when uh, his plane crashed. I guess the oxygen kind of left the cabin. Everybody fell asleep on the plane. And I don't think they had to shoot it down. I think it just crashed into a field. Is that seriously what happened? I didn't know that story. Wow. That's oh, yeah. Fucking right. horrific. Yeah. So, yeah, Payne Stewart, three-time major. He uh, was on a plane. He was flying to a tournament or something like that. A um, commercial was, flight? No, no, no. It was a private jet. Oh, okay. Uh, there, there was no communication, you know, with, with the jet. And so uh, they had fighters following it and it eventually just crashed into a field. And uh, you know, they, they said that the crew and Payne Stewart and them were probably already dead before it crashed. It was just there was no oxygen in the cabin. Wow. That's a pretty uh, a big mistake there from whoever didn't check that one. Yeah. <laughs> August 14th, 1959, we have the AFL meeting. They award uh, franchises Dallas, L.A., New York, Houston, Denver, and Minneapolis. Um, and that is your AFL. So that eventually we had the AFL-NFL merger, but that's kind of how the AFL got started. Hmm. You know, the one huge name that had the most success out of there is obviously the Cowboys. Oh, for sure. And I actually thought they were an NFL team, so that surprised me that they were an AFL team to start off with. Uh, we've got August 14th, 2016, Usain Bolt gets his third gold medal in the 100 meters, 9.81 seconds. It's not his fastest time, but I did look up. He had 14 times under 10 seconds in his career. Which is just insane. That's insane. He is so fast. By the way, there's a Netflix special on him if you haven't seen it, um, uh, Jesse. I have not seen it. I will have to put it on my list. Yeah, it's it's not great. I mean, it's from 2000, I think 16 or 17, so it's a, you know, it's it's not stupid recent, but it's still, you know, recent enough and it, it's it's solid. Though. I'd give it a watch. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, August 15th, 2012, King Felix Hernandez throws the 23rd perfect game in Major League history. I was always a huge King Felix fan, and he just his star just kind of flew through the sky and boy, two or three years maybe as a star and then just fell off a map. Yeah, I was going to say that same thing. I was a huge fan of King Felix as well, and it just seemed like you know he was a star that just wasn't a star for as long as everybody thought he was going to be. You know, you, I remember him being on the Mariners, but I just thought he was going to be a star for so much longer. You know, think about some of the guys that are still playing. You know, from from the times that he started, he's much better than them. A much better strikeout thrower. I mean, I think he had a good run. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's like a six-time All-Star. He's won the Cy Young and finished second, I think, twice. But, I, I mean, I, 
I don't know how much, you know, pitchers just don't have the runs like they used to, you know what I mean? Like you're brilliant for about maybe five or six years. And then after that, it's, it's tough to kind of continue that dominance, but I, I'm a huge King Felix fan. I try to grab him in every draft we do. Now you guys are both soccer fans. So in August 16th, 2003, an 18 year old Cristiano Ronaldo made his Manchester United debut. Sure. He did baby. Let's go. I got that Jersey in the, in the closet right now too. The AIG 2003 Cristiano Ronaldo jersey. It's that's. I mean, that was a whole. I mean, he was the greatest player in the world at that time, and that was my favorite team. And so, I mean, you know, it's like when when uh, the Yankees got Babe Ruth, you know what I mean, or something like that. When you know Barry Bonds went to the Giants, like just like when the greatest player in the sport changes team, it's so monumental. I, I remember it like it was yesterday. Two quick questions: How long was he on Manu? Uh, I think it was six years. And do either of you two know how much that deal was for? Oh, God. He was 18 years old, so I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't a ton. He came from, uh, oh, my God, how can I not remember the team? The same team uh, Quaresma came from. Oh, my God, it's driving me nuts. Sporting, I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, uh, but he was super young, so when he came over. But, yeah, I mean, he lit it up. We won the treble a couple of years. And uh, the 2005 team, I think it is, is considered one of the greatest teams of all time. So. Yeah. yeah, I actually had uh, two of those AIG Manchester United jerseys. I got the long sleeve one because I like the long mm-hmm. sleeves a little bit better. Uh, I sold I sold both of them. I sold them both for a uh, hundred bucks a piece. Yeah, um, the, the the good like real kit fits are are nice. Who who were they? Were they just blank jersey or? No, it was Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got a couple of those. So, like I said, when I buy jerseys, sometimes I get soccer jerseys if I can get a deal on them. Um, like I said, I love, love, love my. Um, World Cup Brazil, uh, Ronaldo number nine. That's my favorite. Nice. That's a solid jersey right there. That's your boy. And then, of course, my last bit of this day in history is for Sully. August 17th, 1984, Pete Rose gets two hits as a player manager for the Reds. And you forget that the reason the managers wear the uniforms is so that they can play if they have to. So there's Dusty Baker coming out of the dugout with a couple swings. (laughs) That would be insane. I mean, he was the last one to actually play, right? No, there's there's got to been another one after that. I don't know, but I just think it's crazy to, to picture the manager walking up the dugout. I was like, now nah, I'm going to take a couple hacks with the bat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got one more. It actually is this day in history, and it's from 1992, and that is the day that Larry Bird, Larry Legend, actually hung up the the, uh, the sneakers there. So uh, August 18th, 1992, Larry Bird retired. I know we've got some Celtics fans in this area that will certainly be watching, um, so I didn't want to – Forget that. Yeah, for sure. Larry Bird, top uh, 10 player of all time. I know that you can make an argument from the top five. I had this debate on Facebook that, you know, I have Kobe number five. But I'm like, if you switched out Kobe for Duncan, I wouldn't really have a problem with it. If you switched out Kobe for Larry Bird or Magic Johnson, I'd be like, all right, you know, I don't agree with it, but it wouldn't bother me as if you're like switching them out for somebody who was just crap. Yeah. <laughs> like Bill Russell. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have, I have Larry Bird over Bill Russell. I think, I think. I think we all do, honestly. Oh, yeah. I think he played and dominated in a much uh, more competitive era, in my opinion. Yeah. Hopefully, everybody has him over Bill Russell. I mean, you know who's not in the top 10? Len Bias. I was going to say. I think we got a, a comment here. So let me just see if it's. Uh... Oh, what do we got here? Oh. 89 was a good year. <laughs> The year, uh, I was, the year I was born. <laughs> Mama Frenchie. We like it. 
Uh, let's take a look. So uh, real news, we've got the NHL playoffs are going on, and I'm leading with NHL over uh, NBA because they've played more playoff games so far. Obviously, for Boston area, Boston fans, the Bruins are up 3-1 on the Hurricanes, but Tuca just packs up and leaves as I'm going home. That story is bonkers. there's reports that he's done with hockey in general. He's not playing anymore. And I I don't know. I think it's a big blow for Boston. Um, I know they're playing right now as we speak. Uh, That's what I'm checking. Um, Let me go ahead and sneak in. uh, Oh, they actually took it. They took the series. Yeah, Yeah, they took the series. Yeah. So they won two to one and they took the series. Uh, And so, I mean, which is expected. They should move on pretty easily uh, from uh, from the Hurricanes. Um, so, and you know, they're they're going to have some tests in the in the next round, though. Philadelphia is a great team. Tampa Bay is a really good team. Uh, I, I I don't know who they're going to get. Uh, I got to look at the bracket, but man, it's going to be it's going to be a, a tough task with Notuka. Uh, you know what I actually read is a, a more local report here in Boston uh, is that Tuka actually took the time away because he had. Um, his daughter ended up uh, having an emergency medical situation. So um, he knew that he couldn't be away and he knew that he couldn't be 100% on the ice or in the locker room um, with that, you know, weighing down on him. So uh, he decided to leave Uh, as far as if he's done playing for good, who knows? I mean, that would certainly put us in a bit of a pickle, but uh, obviously uh, Halak's been amazing for the Bruins this series. Um, So I'm really glad to see them moving on. Yeah, now I, my question for Sully, because Sully is actually our official RTF Network power rankings guy for the NHL. I do NBA power rankings. And my question for Sully, because I don't really follow the NHL a lot, but I see Boston 3-1 or now 4-1. Colorado's up 3-1. Flyers up 3-1. Islanders up 3-1. The only good series seems to be Vancouver and St. Louis. I mean, why is there not more close series? Um, these teams are that much better than the other teams they're playing. Uh, there's a there's a really pretty I think a pretty big divide in the top teams in hockey, the top tier teams and kind of the rest of the pack. And we're seeing that right now, uh, Vegas, Boston, uh, Philadelphia, Colorado, Tampa are really just that much better than a lot of the other teams in the NHL, especially the teams they're playing, uh, right now in the playoffs. Uh, so I mean, the, the Blues Canucks series isn't isn't a terrible series. That's that's the one you're speaking of. Vancouver's playing out of their minds. Their young kids, Bo Harvard, is playing bonkers right now. And, and I mean, that's really fun to see. Um, <clears throat> Washington wasn't a scrap. They're they're probably going to take care of business like they should. Uh, and, and they're still a really solid team. They're just not playing up to par, I think, as of right now. But I, I'm really excited to see these next couple rounds because uh, again. Colorado and Vegas are stupid strong coming out of the West. They're they're really 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 good teams. Uh, and then Philadelphia and Tampa Bay, I think, are just insanely talented as well. And then you can never count Boston out. They're going through some issues right now, but they're still going to be a hard team to get through. So the deeper we get, I think it's just going to be incredible to watch. I, I mean, I really do. I agree. I think you know the first round for any. Uh, professional sporting league is never usually um, super competitive. I think we've seen some competitive games in the NBA, but for the most part, you know, history will prove that the first round is never super competitive. Um, You're going to see more gentlemen sweeps or sweeps than you are, you know, competitive series. So I think the further we go into the NHL playoffs, you're going to see some amazing matchups and some awesome hockey. All right. And then going to the NBA, I'm actually just clicking over here real quick. Uh, Oh, 
Mike and Mike in the man hour here. Uh, Boston question mark. Uh, I don't know which what Boston he's referring to. I'm assuming the Bruins. I guess we, so. just, we just ended an NHL segment, so uh, it's maybe potentially yeah. delayed. I'm going to say it's probably the Bruins. So I mean, they were certainly talked about. You know, we we mentioned them. You know, completing their series against the Hurricanes and, and moving on to the next series. I think they had uh, some amazing efforts in the second half or the the second and third periods of most of these games, uh, especially yesterday's game. So um, we we gave Boston some talk, and uh, we can't give them too much talk because we got a Tampa boy right above me. <laughs> I mean, it's not just that. Like, unfortunately, they are kind of, I think, just a, a step below now without Tuca and without Pasternak. I, I really do think that that puts them in a spot that, like, I also think that Vegas and Colorado are playing at a different level than Tampa Bay right now, and Tampa Bay's got no stammer. I think with Stamkos, we're the best team in the league, but without Stamkos, I mean, we're we're kind of human at that point. So, I, I, you know, it's it's very fluid. You know, these the, hockey's a sport that that kind of carries on momentum, and Carter Hart for Philadelphia is playing out of his mind. The kid's got two shutouts at under 20. I think it's fucking, it's bonkers how good he is. Uh, I don't know what that symbol is. Uh, there's two squares. Oh, 12, hey. 12 is greater than nine, baby. <laughs> yes. Makes the t-shirts. <laughs> um, but you know, I'm just really excited for, for now the deepening the deeper parts of the, of the hockey parts of the playoffs. Like Jesse mentioned, it's going to get extremely physical now. You know, this is when playoff hockey gets, gets really intense. Now the NBA, again, we've got uh, the Toronto goes up 2-0. They look like they're on a championship path. The Jazz go up 2-0 by 57 points from Donovan Mitchell. The big news of Orlando going up 1-0 on the Bucks. Now I personally don't think they have a chance to beat the Bucks, but I don't know. That's still pretty big. It was definitely surprising. You know, I saw a meme recently where it had a really yoked out deer on one side and said the Bucks in the regular season. On the other side, it had Bambi um, as he was first being born. <laughs> like that's the Bucks in the NBA playoffs. So. There's certainly a tale of two uh, tapes here as far as one team in the regular season and the other team in the postseason. Uh, can't be getting beat down like that uh, because Orlando didn't even have Aaron Gordon playing. So that's a, an ugly look. Yeah, it's the first time since 2003 that both number one seeds lost uh, their first game uh, starting the series. Uh, you know, because L.A. lost as well to Portland. And, uh, I mean... I don't really think I'd be worried if I was the Bucks. Um, the Lakers, I think, need to be a little worried because LeBron put up a triple-double and they still lost. Um, so they're going to need to find some more scoring uh, on that team. And I don't know where they're going to get it from, honestly, because it's not like Kuz had a bad game. Um, AD, uh, you know, he's going to have to be superhuman. Uh, you know, he's just going to have to be, and he wasn't last night. Uh, and then the Bucks. You know, all these people talking about how, you know, they're not the same team. You know, it was one game. Giannis has proven, I think, in the playoffs, at least up until he faces Kawhi, that the guy's pretty dominant. So let's just see how they can recover. Uh, let's not let's not jump to conclusions just yet. It's got to be a deeper team than him and Chris Middleton, for sure. you got to have that supporting cast show up in the playoffs. I talked a little bit of power rankings uh, when I was co-hosting with Triple Shot Sports, and I had the Boston Celtics as number one in my power rankings because I just felt like they were the most complete team, the most team-oriented team, and the best coached team in the playoffs. I just feel like they're the team to beat. But now with Gordon Hayward going down, I still think they get past Philadelphia, but, I mean, I don't know how much further they make after that. 
they have so much experience playing without Gordon Hayward that I'm not sure if it's really going to be that much of a detriment. Um, and uh, I did hear you on that Triple Shot Sports show. It was uh, I love hearing you on Chad's show. Um, one of Chad Lounder's best shows for sure. Um, he, he's a great host. Uh, the only issue I have with Boston being at one is they're not a deep team at all. Uh, that's a team that losing a Gordon Hayward, yeah, they've played with him in the past. But this year, they're not really suited to play without him. They're they're not a super deep team. Um, unfortunately, if I'm listing my you know the number one team, I think it's the Clip Show. They're just stupid deep and stupid talented. They go they go too deep at every position and and play ball. Um, and honestly, I think Boston's gonna have a real 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 tough time with Toronto. Toronto just it, they're just really good everywhere, and it, they're not flashy. They're not. I don't know what it is. They just play really good basketball. Well, it's like you guys had mentioned when uh, Coach Fields was on the show um, with Toronto, the fact that they have such a great uh, scouting team um, and a great uh, management, uh, upper management. You know, the fact that Pascal Siakam and OG, I'm not even going to try his last name. <laughs> Ananube, I think. They, they, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to let you do it. Um, but those <laughs> have been phenomenal for Toronto for the last two-ish seasons, and those guys are not guys that were taken in the lottery. So the success that – that franchise has had in the draft is really showing right now because for them to have the season they're having without Kawhi is phenomenal. I mean, Fred Van Fleet too is just, I think a gem that they found. He's so good. And it's just incredible what they're doing over there. They better lock him up. I'm pretty sure he's a free agent after this year. Yeah. They, they'll, I'm pretty sure they will. Hopefully my Pistons don't go after him. They need to. <laughs> the, jerk. Now, the, the last bit of sports news I have before we get to our game here is I had, and this shouldn't even be news. I don't know if I've made it very clear how much I feel about unwritten rules in baseball, oh, but Fernando Tatis getting his 11th home run league leading 11th home run on a three Oh count in the eighth inning, his team's up four or five runs. And they're like, you shouldn't be swinging at a three Oh pitch. Why not? Don't throw a three Oh pitch, hang it over the plate. Exactly. exactly. Don't throw a pitch he can hit if you don't want him to hit it. That's horseshit. I, I I think the only people standing behind the unwritten rule part are the the Giants themselves. I don't think anybody – I mean, you saw the, the lieu of baseball players that came out and supported him. Even old-timey guys, Reggie Jackson came out and said some, tweeted something. I don't think Reggie Jackson's used a computer in – 20 odd years and the guy's jumping on there tweeting shit to support him. I, I I mean, it's just a joke. Fernando Tatis is, is what we love about baseball. The guy plays with so much passion. He's leading the league in home runs, RBIs, stolen bases, hits and runs right now, or was at the time that, that uh, he stole uh third base. Cause I don't know if you know this, the game after they're up six, nothing. He's on second base and he steals third up six, nothing, which is also kind of an unwritten rule that you don't do. And he just, I love that. He just mashed it right into him right there. And yeah, he's apologizing, but I think it's really just to be politically correct or do whatever, just to make people smile. Cause the stealing the third base the next day shows, I don't give a shit what you got to think or say, I'm going to play my game. Yeah. What you have to say PR wise is different than what you're going to, what you're going to end up saying on the field. And I think we're seeing two different Fernando Tatis is there. One that wants to shove it in the Giants' faces on the field and one that wants to uh, not get suspended off the field. Everybody forgets, too, the Giants beat, I think it was the Royals, 30-3, to like two years ago. 30-3. to the biggest score. <laughs> the biggest difference ever in the history of baseball, and it was the Giants. And then they're claiming that some guy hits a fucking bomb off them. Get out of here. Wah, wah. Well, that... <laughs> 
the next segment we have here, and I don't have any fancy transition music to get into it, but the uh, next segment I have is fact or fiction. Uh, we're basically, I'm going to make a statement, and these guys have to determine whether or not that statement is a fact or whether it's fiction. This is actually a records edition. So every one of these uh, statements is going to be about uh, a major league record, NBA record, something like that. And you guys have to determine whether it's fact or fiction. Uh, Jesse, I might have you go first. Again, it doesn't really matter because everybody gets equal turns anyways. But Except for the you... time that we didn't because Wayne didn't have an NFL. I did not have enough <laughs> questions. <laughs> <laughs> so, so fact or fiction, Jesse – Tony Gwynn's 39 consecutive games without striking out is the major league record. God, I love Tony Gwynn. I'm going to go fact. Just to start it off different, I'm going fiction. It is fiction. The record for the most consecutive games without striking out is 115 games. Which was set in 1929 by Joe Sewell. I should have known it some Jamoke. some guy in 19 before the <laughs> Depression. <laughs> Tony Gwynn facing you know the absolute greatest of that era, and some yeah. guy facing a farmer. Sick, <laughs> sick, bro. So flipping around to the other side, Sully, the major league record for most consecutive games with a strikeout is 37 by Aaron Judge. Uh false. Started off crazy. I'm going to go fact. No. It is a fact. No, it's not. No. That is a fact. Nah, I want to look that one up. Uh, Chris, what's his name? Didn't he strike out like every fucking game, the guy for the Orioles? No. No. The record Chris is, Davis? It's consecutive games. The record is 37 consecutive games. By uh, um, keep asking your question. I'm looking this one up. Yeah, go for it. I, I, I looked am. all this stuff up before I. <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch Wayne. What, what are you looking up? It's, like, it's your turn to answer the question first. Oh, answer it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in 1982, Ricky Henderson steals 130 bases, including 43 consecutive bases without being thrown out. That is the major league record. What is 43 consecutive bases without being thrown out? Oh, all right. I didn't know what records you were talking about. Um, I mean, that sounds like a lot. Uh, Let's go fact. I'm going to go fact. It is fiction. The record is 50 Blue by Brown. Vince, Vince Coleman. Uh, Vince Coleman. Good, good for you, Vince Coleman. And the last baseball question we have, this one goes to Jesse first. We all know Cy Young has the record with 749 complete games, but the record for the most consecutive seasons leading the league in complete games is nine by Warren Spahn. I'm going to go with fiction. And the question is how complete games in a season? So leading the league in complete games. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Fiction. It's fact. Fuck. From 1949 to 1963, Warren Spahn had nine times that he led the league in complete games. Point, point, nil, nil. <laughs> uh, heading into the NBA, uh, we <laughs> are going to uh, uh, Sully, right? So, Sully, yeah. uh, the most points scored by a player in one overtime period is 16, Gilbert Arenas. Fiction. 
Most points scored in one overtime period. Yes. Oh, so not in a t- not most points scored o- overall in overtime. Right. Ah, fuck it. I'll still say fiction. I'm gonna go fact. Yeah. It is fiction. Oh. Gil- Gilbert Arenas holds the record for most points in an overtime period in the regular season, but all time is 17 by Steph Curry in the playoffs against Portland. Wow. Wow, split and see here. Didn't somebody just come out with a meme that said Steph Curry doesn't show up in big like Dame Lillard is Steph Curry that shows up in big games or something yeah. like that? That's People a will, stupid statement. That's prisoners of the moment, right? Yeah, now. for I sure. Lo- I love Lillard, but that's definitely prisoners of the moment. Yeah. So Jesse, the most three pointers missed in one game by one player is sixteen. Yikes, that sounds like like NBA 2K. Uh, <laughs> sounds like my men's league. I'm going to go fiction just because I can't believe that. 16? 16 uh, missed three-point field goals in one game. Honestly, I'm saying fiction because I think it's more. It is fact. And Russell Westbrook? Uh, Damon Stoudemire once. Uh. James Mighty Harden Mouth. has achieved it six times. Jesus Christ. As <laughs> I said, it's got to be somebody on that Houston team. I went with the wrong guy. Yeah. All right. So uh, back to Sully. The, uh, so they didn't record blocks back in Will or Russell's day because who knows what the record would be then. But the record for most blocks in the game is 13 Hakeem Olajuwon. False. I'm also going to go fiction. It is fiction. Elmore Smith had 17 in 1973. Yeah, I was going to say, you knew it had to be some nobody. Didn't Hakeem have more than 13 in, in one? In one? Uh, no, that's his career. High. Okay, okay. But he had, a, he had a quadruple double, though. That's what I was saying. I thought his quadruple double, he got 15. That's why I said false. But in any case, I'm glad I got it. Uh, Jason Kidd. Oh, who's this one? This is Jesse. 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 We both got that, though, Sully Punk. No, I know. Yeah, but I'm just saying I'm glad I got it because my initial thought process was Hakeem had more, not Hakeem, not somebody else had more. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse, uh, in November 2000, Jason Kidd tied an NBA record with 14 turnovers in the game. Uh, fiction. Fiction. It is fact. I knew it. I'm a pussy. <laughs> All right, getting to the NFL. Uh, now we've got, is it? Uh, it's me. How's, How do you it? forget who is I up? I don't know. Which just goes <laughs> back and forth. I guess. <laughs> well, <laughs> You're okay, Wayne. So, you got a uh, lot going on. You got to read a lot. So, Sully, uh, Drew Bledsoe holds the record for most pass attempts in a season, 691. That can't be true. That is his career high in pass attempts. But is that the NFL record? That's an actual true statement. Jesus Christ. 691. Uh, uh, fiction? I'm also going to go fiction. Just There's no mean. way Drew Bledsoe owns that record. Yeah. The record is 727 by Matt Stafford. Yeah, that seems oh, yeah. more likely. That, that makes way more sense. <laughs> yeah, that makes way more sense. <laughs> it's not that big of a difference, though. <laughs> no, I know, but like if, if you, you'd you have picked to a different name. Yeah, if you'd have picked a different name instead of Drew Bledsoe, I think I'd have, I'd be, I'd have been like, Ugh. So 
this one goes to Jesse. The most yards lost being sacked in a single season is Randall Cunningham. I'm going to go false. I mean, the field is just so much bigger. So I have to go with the field and go false. Yeah, I'm going to say, I think it's Vic. It is fact at 489 yards. He's also fifth and ninth. Jesus. Where's Vic on that list? Any idea? Uh, I don't know. I didn't write it down. So you think- <laughs> <laughs> he goes, I don't care. I got five oh, and nine, but not two. So Nick said fact. Uh, I don't know if it was on that one or not, but. Yeah, you got it right. If it was on that one, Nick. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. <laughs> All right. Sully. Nine out of ten of the most accurate kickers in history in terms of field goal percentage are currently active. Man, I know a lot are. Um, Jake Elliott's up there on that list. Uh, I got to go fall some. Nine out of ten? Nine out of ten are active in 2020. Fiction. Fiction. It's, it's a, a fact. fact. Yeah. Led by Justin Tucker, Tucker. at 90.75%. Oh, yeah. well, that yeah, that was course. easy. I wanted to yeah. go fast. But but, is Vinatieri still playing? He's not even up there anyway, I don't think. I'm not sure yet. Um, last one we got here is uh, for Jesse. Yeah. Jesse, uh, Paul Krause may have the interception record with 81 for his career. But the most career interception yards is Rod Woodson with 1,483. Fact. False. It is fiction. Ed Reed with 1,590. I knew that one off for it. <laughs> so we're getting into NHL here. We've got four questions, and Jesse is trailing three to one. <laughs> so Dan could beat him just by picking everything that he says. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> so, uh, so what, Dan, Jesse, Dan, Jesse, Jan. All right. Um, Jan? Dan. Let's go, Jan. Jan. Yeah. Let's go on, Jan. So, <laughs> is it Pam or Pam? Yeah. Fact or fiction, Yamer Yager is the career leader in playoff games played. Mm. He's been playing forever, but I don't think so, but I'm going to go fact. Fiction. It is fiction. Chris Chelios at 266. Yeah, I didn't think so, but. All right, uh, Jesse, Bobby Orr has the most Norris trophies with eight. Fiction. Yeah, he doesn't have eight. Fiction. Fact. Oh. All right. Uh, Dan. Eight? That's a eight. lot. Uh, Wayne Gretzky has the most goals in a season with 92, but the most for a rookie is Timu Solani. Fact. You know, just hockey fact. It is a fact. 76. I know, and I know my Tamu Solani. I'm a big fan of Tamu Solani. Big, big, big fan. Love Solani and Salami. Salami. Ah. All right. Last question. Jesse, Wayne Gretzky has the best plus minus for a season, plus 650. Fact. Did we just lose Sully? Did I just lose you guys? I'll be I'm here. Oh, okay. Just a little skippy. Yeah. 
I'm oh, gonna yeah. go. You you said fact, right, Jesse? Yes. All right, then I'll go fact. It is fiction. Larry Robinson. Yeah, Larry Robinson. Yeah, I knew that. Uh, but I was just I was just going fiction, just or going fact, just to fuck with you. <laughs> right, so Sully wins three to two. Hey, off the schneid, baby. Off the schneid. It's about damn time. It feels good. It feels good. Thank oh, you, Ed Reed. I, I knew that one. I appreciate it. <laughs> so here's here's my thing. So we are 40 minutes uh, into the show. We've got 20 minutes remaining. And obviously I think I we need to go to Infinity 5 if we're talking about it. That's all. I think so. Too. We skip over the Hall of Fame. And that was the second time we've done this to Jeff. He's like, the only issue is, do you want to run long or do you want to just get it done, Jesse? I mean, I would just prefer to hit like these top four guys. I mean, Wayne kind of fucked us by putting some schmucks on here like Lou Williams and Jamal Crawford. If, I mean, I think Jamal times. Crawford Jamal Crawford has every right to get in, I think. All right, I don't know. I'd have to look deeper, but I think so, just so, off like just the rip. I, I say it. we hold off so that yeah, uh, so, so Slay has to look in. To it. Yeah, yeah. Look, look deeper and have some arguments because, I mean, I, I don't think so. So, All right. We'll leave All those right. names in that segment for another time. But. I mean, anytime a guy gets an award named after him, I think he should go into the Hall of Fame. And if the Sixth Man of the Year award isn't named the Jamal Crawford Award, there's seriously something wrong with this league. Cool. Well, we are headed into the Infinity Battle. The discussion was initially Jesse proposed the top five or our top five favorite, not the top five best, but our top five favorite Disney movies of all time. This sparked a bit of a debate because I had said, I don't think you could include the Marvel and the Star Wars movies, even though they are owned. They are properties that are owned by Disney. They are not Walt Disney pictures. So Sully disagreed. I'll let him run with it. Well, before Sully jumps in, I just want to say I think that it's it's my mistake by you know choosing such a loose entity. I mean, I thought you know a- after we discussed it, you know, I probably could have refined our Infinity Five, but I left it so loose, and it did create a little bit of a kerfuffle in our group chat. I mean, I just don't, I I, I don't know what we're, we're what we're discussing here. I truly don't. Who who owns and distributes Marvel movies? Right, Disney owns the entity of Marvel. So who owns and distributes Marvel? Disney does, yes. Oh, okay. So they're Disney movies. My fault. Okay, let's eh, move on. Not really. Not really. H- how they're are not they not? Disney. Because Deadpool's not a Disney movie. But it is. But it's not. Well, then then you could then make the claim that Pixar's aren't, because Pixar Studios produced the movies. Disney distributed them. If Pixar so Studios then, released the movie and then Disney bought it after it was released, like Deadpool, then... Okay, so then Deadpool's your only example. What about Endgame? What about Infinity War? What about what about the, Iron Man? Iron Man was not the okay, 2008. But I'm not I'm not putting them on my list. I okay. would be putting Endgame and Infinity War. The movie's done by Walt Disney because Walt Disney's such a great production company. Now, my argument in this chat was that that castle that you saw at the very beginning, if the movie does not begin with that castle, it is not a Disney movie. That is my argument. 
and I get that argument. It's just it's it's a very Wayne esque argument. I think the way I look at it is when you think of a Disney movie, it's a Disney movie. When you think of a Marvel movie, it's a Marvel movie. It's it's under the Marvel umbrella. It's a Marvel franchise movie, uh, part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, and then you've got Star Wars. They have so many movies under their umbrella now that when you bring up Star Wars, you know, that's its own, you know, catalog now. So um, I could see where my proposal led to confusion and I certainly should have been more specific in it. But I think going, you know, going to what we wanted to do, it was our favorite five animated Disney movies, you know, the ones that we grew up with. Um, so for Wayne, those black and white ones. And, and by the way, I, I'm, I understand where Sully's coming from. Like, I'm not just like, oh, you're completely. I understand what he's saying. <laughs> uh, I no, just, guys, Wayne's Mr. Contrarian. You guys I, know I that. just disagree with it. And, and what it came down to was actually, I thought some of the better conversation that we had in the group chat that people weren't privy to was when Dan had mentioned that you couldn't use Toy Story because Disney bought Pixar in 2006. And I mentioned to him that, you know, Pixar is an animation studio, not a production studio. So therefore, they're just buying the team that does the animation. Um, but more so is when I said that Jesse's favorite movie was going to be Remember the Titans. And Dan said, well, there's no castle at the beginning of that. I said, the fuck there isn't. And I sent him the uh, beginning of the movie with the castle. That comes <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I didn't know there was a castle in the beginning of that one. Uh, neither, neither did I. It's my yeah, favorite movie. to be honest. I'm not watching it for that castle, but I mean, I guess I could have thought, you know, it's G-rated enough. It just, covered, it just covers some heavy stuff and as a, for a true story that I wouldn't it have really thought does. of a Disney movie. And, and it wouldn't be um, uh, one of our shows if I didn't include a little personal story, which was that I had seen Remember the Titans in the theater with my sister. We saw the preview. We wanted to go see it. I saw a sports movie. You know, it's about race. It's kind of a tough topic. We sit there in the theater wherever we get our seats, which I'm very picky about my seat. I won't get into that in this episode. But we get our seats, and uh, the castle comes up with a little, you know, Tinkerbell flying over it. And I looked at my sister. I said, what are we watching? <laughs> are we in the right movie? <laughs> Wayne, you, you would know this. What was Denzel just coming off of at that time? Oh, man. I would – that I wouldn't know. I mean, this is back in, what, 90 – probably 99, Nine, right? Yeah, I think I, it was 99. 99. So, I mean, I don't – John Q, like, yeah, the Bone Collector, or something like in that yeah. range. There was still great movies. To go see it. And yeah, a sports movie. I mean, I'd have been there. Oh, let's see. What we got. Uh, your mom is chiming in with some. Uh, let's see. We missed All a few right. of her comments here. Ask someone what they think when someone says Disney movies. What would they say? Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, apparently, apparently, Wayne consulted with my mom before the, the show. <laughs> No, but they would say <laughs> a lot of them would say Michael Jackson bought the Beatles. So, uh, yeah. So basically, um, the Beatles. Uh, I want to hold your hand. Michael is a Michael Jackson, Jackson song. Uh, well, no, that's completely different. Uh, he just remade the song, but like uh, the the, no, the no, he case, didn't remake it. I'm I know, he but owns just it. he owns it. No, I get that. Um, but that doesn't mean it's 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 his song again. Th then I could say the same thing about all Pixar movies because Pixar movies were just distributed by Disney. They were produced by Pixar Studios. Well, so don't, don't come at Pixar because I'm not. Pixar. I'm not. I'm just trying to give it as an example as as because we also said that I said Toy Story is the same as as the new Star Wars or the new Marvel, as in that case, as in that yes, they're produced by somebody else but distributed by Disney. So technically, they're a Disney property. That was my argument with. Pixar is Pixar 
produced their own movies. And yes, Disney was a part of that and distributed that, but Pixar produced the movie. So, I mean, you can't really say it was a Disney produced movie. Uh, now I'm okay with the Pixar movies. They're incredible. Uh, you know, one of them is on my list. I would have had two on this list, but I didn't think I could include Toy Story after my mix up. Um, so no, I did not give you some shit, buddy. Yeah. So I didn't, but I did include one and let's get into them. How about that? All right, who wants to go first? Wayne, you go first, buddy. My number five. This goes back to when I was a kid. This actual movie was came out before God. I was born. Is this the original like Mickey on the train movie? Tugboat Willie, Steamboat Willie, right? Steamboat Willie, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Steamboat Willie is actually referenced in uh, the Green Mile, right? So, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, great movie too. Yeah, uh, but no, my number five is actually Robin Hood with all the animals with the characters. So uh, Robin Hood was a fox, and you had Little John was the bear. Um, and uh, I always think of some of my favorite lines. Me and my daughter will watch that movie. Is when uh, Little John says to Robin Hood, he says, "You know, hey Rob, you think it's okay us, you know, robbing the rich to feed the poor?" And Robin Hood goes, "Rob, such a naughty word. We never rob. We simply borrow it from those who can afford it." borrow <laughs> boy are we in debt <laughs> uh, i love that movie it's it's uh it's on my list uh that's by far my favorite robin hood movie um i will never not watch that movie it's incredible um and the scene where he, they are practicing the archery and the kids and the it's the Bow's too big and they shoot it over the fence. I, I just think that's one of the like, like I don't know, homiest scenes ever. I love it. Such a great movie. Wouldn't have made my list. I certainly remember the movie, but uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights would have, you know, or been my men, favorite. Or been my favorite. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's great. It's not my number five. It is my number four, but my number five is actually my Pixar movie, and it's up. Um, I think that movie's incredible. Um, if you watch that movie and don't cry, you have no soul. I don't care who you are. It's just such a good story, and it's just so incredible, and it's got such a deeper meaning behind it, and it's hilarious, too. Uh, to this day, I do the – I'll say the line, I love you, squirrel. Uh, like when the dog says it to the guy, I, I, I just – I think that movie's fantastic. Uh, Up would have made uh, my list if we were doing an Infinity Six. Um, and the thing about Up is um, if you have the heart and the fortitude to make it past the first 10 minutes, then, um, you know, you can make it past anything. Uh, that is a kick in the balls. Um, it is almost difficult to watch the story that they tell there of, uh, you know, the kids kind of meeting each other, falling in love, not being able to have a kid, and then, her dying. Um, it is indeed a kick in the balls, um, but amazing animation and a great story after the fact. So it's almost like a story after a story. Mm -hmm. uh, my number five is Aladdin and no, not that. She's right. Uh, we certainly could. And you'd have to participate in the old school mom. Uh, <laughs> Aladdin's my, old school, bro. <laughs> uh, well, if, if we're talking about the one that I'm bringing up as well, because I'm not a big fan of the live action. I know Wayne um, touts it. He loves it, um, but I couldn't get into it. Um, and the original was Robin Williams, all the songs. Um, you're going to notice a, a, a constant with my list is the soundtracks and the songs, the singing. Um, I think that kind of is what separates old Disney from newer Disney is the musical aspect of it. And uh, Aladdin um, just, it did it all for me. I loved it back then. That's my number five. 
Yeah, Aladdin's a, a great movie. Uh, it's on my list as well, so I haven't gotten to it yet, uh, but it's definitely there. I think Aladdin is widely considered. If you take out Pixar movies, which is more the digital creation, you just go straight cartoons. I think Aladdin is by a lot of people, you know, the number one uh, Disney movie. So it's it, it's definitely up there. I think it's a great movie. Like you said, Robin Williams, fantastic. I do like the remake. I do like the the live action. And my whole thing wasn't so much that the movie is great because it's it's not great. I wouldn't recommend it or stake my reputation on it, but. What I would stake my reputation on is before it came out, I said Will Smith is going to crush it as a genie, and he did. He was phenomenal as a genie. What's What's tough too is he's filling Robin Williams' shoes. Who that, I mean, that's I mean, it's an animated role, but I mean, it's probably one of his better roles that he ever did. I mean, he's you one mentioned of the greatest voice actors of all time too. You mentioned the soundtrack. I mean, it, it, his. I don't. I, I don't even know if it's him really singing, but the song "Never Had a Friend" I think is one of the best songs Disney's ever made. It's so brilliantly done. Uh, it, it's so catchy, and it, it's just incredible. That movie's fantastic. It obviously will be on my list as well. Prince Ali <laughs> Alibaba. Yeah, my number four is another older one, and it's one that I've turned my daughter on to, and it will come with another impression, but that is uh, The Sword and the Stone, uh, all about oh, King nice. Arthur and uh, you know Merlin and, and his owl Archimedes, and, and that's where I get into the impression because me and my daughter laugh at how funny Archimedes is. He's such a sourpuss, you know? And uh, it's the scene where uh, Merlin first meets uh, – you know, Wart at the time, which is uh, King Arthur. And he says to him, you know, he, about how he can prognosticate things. And, you know, uh, King Arthur goes, uh, you mean you can predict everything before it happens? Yes, <laughs> everything. And Archimedes goes, I, 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 everything, Merlin? <laughs> no, not everything. <laughs> so cool. just, yeah, Can't wait so we don't have to have that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I do a bunch of Archimedes impressions, but Sword in the Stone, number four. <laughs> uh, it's just great movie. Uh, I, I enjoy it very much. So, you know, all these older movies, you know, I've watched a ton, too. They're kind of just what I grew up on. Um, so I remember that pretty vividly. Um, my number four is uh, Robin Hood. You know, I had mentioned it, uh, the the one Rain had already mentioned. Um, so we don't need to go deeper into that, but that's my number four. My number four, and it may shock you how low I have this in my favorite five, is actually Lion King. The original, I think all these movies had amazing originals, and then, like most things, they had a a, a two, maybe a two and a half or a three, um, but the originals are all amazing. So Lion King, to me, um, the story, um, obviously not amazingly original, um, but the way that they told it, um, and again, the soundtrack, um, I love The Lion King, and I could watch it every day. Yeah, The Lion King is phenomenal. And actually, the only reason that I, before Sully jumps in, because I have The Lion King at number three, so it's kind of, you know, kind of segues right in. Um, although I, Sully didn't get to go into his four. Right. Yeah, I did. Oh, I did. did. Okay, good. Robin. Right. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, so my three was The Lion King. I agree. The, the soundtrack's great. I think that the reason the animated version, to me, I like better than the live action or whatever you want to call it, because it's not really live action. They aren't actual animals. The voices. Yeah. Is, yeah. Jeremy Irons as Scar was so good. I mean, Perfect. he was. He, there was that perfect balance between James Earl Jones, who has that very big, booming, deep voice, and Jeremy Irons was like that perfect, like just counterbalance to it. Uh, I just thought he was so great. And of course, my favorite song, which they totally brushed over in the, the live action, is um, Be Prepared. I think it's such a good song. Oh, such and, a good song. And they just kind of blew past it. Yeah. They blew past a lot. Uh, my favorite song is the, uh, it's Iago, right? The bird? 
Yes. Yeah, and uh, no, no, uh, no, I've, no. no, Iago is from Aladdin. It's oh, um, that's right, Iago is from Aladdin. Uh, I can't starts, remember his name. Starts, starts with a Z, I think. Zazu. Zazu. Yeah. The I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. <laughs> that's my. Fa- I sing that to this day all the time. Um, and and I think that's brilliant. Lion King will be uh on my list later on. Um, but yeah, number three on my list is the animated Jungle Book. Um, I just fucking love that movie it's so good it's brilliant um it's so funny again you mentioned the songs and the soundtrack and things like that it's it's just so brilliant and as a kid i just remember loving every second of it so yeah i think the voice acting and the soundtrack was uh so pivotal for some of those earlier i don't even want to say earlier but the like the 88 to like 2000 disney movies like that era right there they were so um you know, particular about their soundtrack and who they chose to do it. And it was almost like they gifted a movie to a guy like, you know, um, Elton John or, or Phil Collins, you know, they did things like that. And they just said, Hey man, take this movie and, and play with it. And uh, you know, what they did with the voice acting and the soundtrack has all been great. Um, my number three is um, it's Tarzan, you know, cause I, I was almost yes. nervous to bring up the Phil Collins and the soundtrack, but <laughs> Um, you know, the animation in there, I mean, Tarzan, you know, almost like skating on the trees um, and, uh, you know, the Phil Collins soundtrack. I, I just I love that movie. Um, I love, you know, the monkeys. I love the story. Um, you know, that's my number three is Tarzan. Yeah, I remember thinking because uh, I worked at the movie theater when Tarzan came out and I remember telling some of the, the parents that they would ask me about it. I said, it's, it's kind of dark and scary for kids in the sense that when you know, the opening scene or whatever it is, when the oh, yeah. uh, the leopards walk or up in the, the rafters, well, the monkey walks in, his mom, and there's blood paw prints on the floor because it had already killed the parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the scene at the very end, obviously, when uh, Clayton gets hung. Yeah, yeah, gets hung. It's just, ooh, just dark. Yeah. But um, obviously, Tarzan, it's a great story uh, about Tarzan and you know him – I think she stays with him at the end, right? Jane stays. There's a yeah. sweet, there's a sweet meme uh, about Tarzan because there's how a scene he's, how he's holding her, holding in both her, hands, right? yeah, both hands, and then the vines behind him, and exactly. it's like his butt cheeks are holding the vine because he's got both hands gripping the girl, oh, and yeah. it's like that's Disney animation at its finest, though. You know, we joke about it, but I mean, like that's like you know, that's real animation. You know, those are guys really drawing things and then just not thinking about not being able to post edit, you know, actually him holding and shit like that. So that's brilliant in my opinion. Yeah. I actually have my, um, so we got Chris Roy uh, commenting saying a list without the Lion King is not a list. Sully <laughs> on the clock. <laughs> <laughs> I made my pick. I picked Quisenberry, man. Uh, my number two. <laughs> yeah, my number two is Aladdin. I know we touched on it earlier. I agree a hundred percent with Sully that I think that "Friend Like Me" might be the best song in Disney history. history. Uh, it's so good, um, and the and it's so good the way Robin Williams does it too, and the, and the way they animated him w- was just phenomenal. And I remember not to kind of bring it to a downer note, but I remember after he passed, or the word came out that he passed, and obviously the stuff coming out about him suffering from depression and and things like that. I had seen one of those memes that was actually it was the genie and he's like got his arms out and the, the cuffs are coming off and it says you're free genie, um, and it just I mean yeah killed me that hits uh, hard actually yeah because I love Robin Williams I mean in anything I don't care what he's in he's phenomenal and, and just he really brought the genie to life and and I know that Will Smith that's why I thought Will Smith was going to do such a good job because I knew that Will Smith respected what Robin Williams did with it so much that he wasn't going to try to duplicate that he was like I'm just going to do my own thing because I don't even want to touch that it's just perfect the way it is. 
and it, you know, and Will Smith is actually also the kind of guy. He's got that kind of personality that you know could be somebody that kind of not followed in the footsteps of of Robin Williams, but you could see like you know he's got that kind of goofiness, that same kind of you know sense of humor almost to where it was more of a goofy sense of humor, not like a joking kind of, I don't know how to explain it, I guess, but it's, he, I miss Robin Williams so much. <laughs> uh, I, I was lucky enough to see him live here in Tampa. I got to go see one of his comedy shows here in Tampa and it was just, I mean, I'll never forget it. It was so incredible. Uh, my number two, you know, has been talked about it's Lion King. Um, I, I just absolutely love the movie as a child. You know, I, I remember, you know, very vividly, I played, uh, I was in a play with the Lion King. I was actually Mufasa and Pumbaa. Um, so, you know, I, I, well, cause Mufasa dies. So, you know, they had to give me another part. Spoiler alert. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, you know, so I know all the songs and I mean, to this day, I can still sing them. And I, I mean, it's Hakuna Matata. You know, we talk about greatest Disney songs. Hakuna Matata has to be up there for greatest Disney songs ever made. It's just brilliant. I, I mean, the whole movie is incredible. And then uh, I, I just think it's got a great message, too. So. Yeah, I mean, I've already brought up Lion King and how much I love it. I mean, I'll watch it with my daughter. Um, I did want to touch on, um, you know, The Jungle Book. I'm actually shocked that it was on either of your lists. I know, Sully, you mentioned it was on your list. And the animated version there. I don't know if you guys have seen. There's, oh, kind, of, yeah. there's kind of two very different live-action ones. There's The Jungle Book, and then there's also Mowgli. Yeah. Um, and I actually preferred the Mowgli story. I thought that one was really, really awesome. And it's kind of a, a little bit of a, a, a different take on the jungle book it wasn't exactly by the book like i think some of these live action ones have been um, i feel like the live actions have been almost too scared to make dramatic ter- turns or differences i know aladdin you know jasmine was a little different there but um the mowgli i thought was uh, a different enough for me to find it super interesting we have to remember too these aren't disney original stories like they're taking these out of storybooks the jungle book i read which is from like 1929 or something like that uh you know i read that book and, it, and it's nothing like the disney animated version uh, it probably might be more like mowgli i haven't seen mowgli but i did like the live action i thought that uh we talked about uh, idris elba as um you know shere khan was shere so khan good was so good um i thought that you know bill murray played was the orangutan. yes that's it bill murray plays the orangutan he was no so the orangutan good. was uh christopher walken Oh, that's right. That's right. Christopher Walken. My apologies. Uh, yeah, Bill Murray was the uh, the, the bear. bear. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I, honestly, Jesse, I think both live actions were fantastic. Uh, Mowgli, like you said, played like it showed like a different side of it. Uh, it wasn't this the kind of natural jungle book you think of, and and I think that's why a lot of people like that one. Yeah, it was actually um, Wayne. I really think you'd enjoy it. It was directed by Andy Serkis, um, who is in. Black Panther. He's in some of the Avengers movies. Um, he actually plays um, Gollum. Gollum, and he's actually directing um, the Venom Two movie. Uh, oh, that's so, gonna be good. That's gonna be really good. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, and he knows all about you know Disney movie. movie. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually not because they haven't purchased that from Sony. Sony won't. Oh, they haven't. Oh, okay, okay, all right. <laughs> So number two uh, has been talked about. Um, it's actually not on either of your lists so far yet, but it has been talked about um, from the group chat, and it is Toy Story. Um, the fact that they've made four of these, um, not all winners in my book. I know if Chris Roy is still listening, he actually loves the second one, and I think that's the trash one. Um, but I think they could have ended it at three. Um, they can certainly end it at four. Who knows what they'll end up doing, but I think 
each story is really, really amazing. The fact that they can keep coming up with characters that you become attached to. Um, and Tim Allen and Tom Hanks playing Woody and Buzz. Um, what lovable characters. Um, and it's such a great movie. I mean, you know, the little alien guys, you know, you got, um, you know. Yeah, I, I love the movie, you know, Potato Head, Slinky. You've got, you know, characters abound. So I think that one is the little army characters, how they're helping out with the birthday, um, you know, sneaking around spying. So Toy Story is my number two. Yeah, I have Toy Story number one. I mean, it's, it's there, there we go. You know, it's one of the best, uh, you know, animated movies of all time. It's phenomenal. I, I, again, another movie I saw in the theater. I actually saw it with my parents. We all went. It was like Thanksgiving Day. It came out. One of those things where we had Thanksgiving dinner. Then we went out to the movies, which I know a lot of people do. And we saw Toy Story. It came out and, and just loved it. I thought the, the voices that they picked, the people they picked were so good. And, you know, I talked to Silk when we had him on about how I love just obscure lines. Like, if you say, hey, what's your favorite line from Toy Story? You know, people are like, oh, Infinity and Beyond and all this stuff like that. And my favorite line, I think, from the movie is actually when, uh, you know, Woody's looking for his hat, right? And the shark comes up and he's like, hey, look, I'm Woody. Howdy, howdy, howdy. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why it's so funny, but I laugh every time that happens. My favorite line is, there's a snake in my boot. <laughs> I say that all the time, too. My girlfriend hates it. Uh, I love Toy Story. I actually think Toy Story 3 is the best one. But, um, you know, also. I love Toy Story. I, I love Toy Story 1, too. Uh, I think it's obviously incredible. And it was so groundbreaking. I mean, it was just incredible. Um, my number one's Aladdin. Uh, you know, you had mentioned it's probably number one on most people's list. It was the movie I I probably wore out the most as a kid. You know, we probably had to buy three or four copies of that thing as a child. Um, I, I played it a lot. Uh, I was a big fan. Um, even when Jafar turns into a snake, uh, you know, a, a giant cobra at the end there, that that I don't know why I love that scene. It, it's so good. It's amazing. I, I, I just love that movie. All right. So I think you guys are about to be shocked with my number one. Um, it is filled with sentiment, um, and it is definitely one of the more recent ones. If you guys were going to ban Pixar from this list, it would have killed me. But my number one is actually Inside Out. Oh, um, nice. And uh, I think that it, it does tell a really awesome and original story. And I think that's been kind of difficult for Pixar to do because of all the stories that have been told. Um, but Inside Out, um, the reason it's my number one is um, I've got a daughter. Um, I you know have watched it several times with her. Um, but the first time she's watching it, um, we know we're watching Bing Bong and uh, Joy try and make it back up. And uh, they can't quite make it. They try two, three, four times. And the last time they try it, Bing Bong jumps off and sacrifices himself. My daughter turns around as a streaming tears and goes, why did he do that? <laughs> and I'll, I shit you not. The second she did that and I see her crying, I break down and I like have to explain to her like mid tears. Like he knew that she couldn't get back to, to help. The child. <laughs> and like, I'm like, I'm like choking up while doing it. But I mean, I think the connection that we shared, um, she still loves it. I mean, I got her a Bing Bong stuffed animal. Um, if the seeing Bing Bong doesn't make you cry, then you a don't have a soul or you b haven't seen the movie. Um, and if you haven't seen the movie, I recommend it. Like I mentioned, it's probably a sneaky number one. I'm not going to be on a lot of people's list, but just the dad daughter connection and the sentiment made it number one for me. Yeah, I, I had a similar experience. We watched it on the couch. Uh, it was me and Peyton, and she was kind of sitting on me. Like I was laying on the side, and she was like, had her legs draped over me, like uh, whatever. That's how she sits. And yeah, when Bing Bong dies or he jumps off and he disappears, you know, yeah, he just says, fades. Yeah. Just, he's like, say goodbye to our girl or whatever, say hi to our girl for me or something like that. She just bawling. She's, and here's the thing I had tears streaming. 
but I wasn't saying it like, and then she was like, she's crying. And I'm trying to say, it's, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently I need to not watch this movie is what you're saying. Oh man, uh, you, I'm going to cry. If you're an emotional dude, I mean, I know nobody on the earth is as emotional as me, but uh, yeah, watching that movie and just seeing her and being able to connect with her on it, being able to kind of tell her, that it was important for him to do that. And like, you know, kind of, I think that's when she really like understood the word sacrifice. And it's crazy that that that's the moment um, in an animated Pixar movie, but like Bing Bong had to sacrifice himself. So that this child would get joy again for the rest of her life. This like 11 year old child. And Chloe was so close to that age too, that uh, it just, it all encompassed and it hit me right in the feels. Right in the feels. Well, that's the show. I mean, we got uh, our Disney talk in. We did skip over the Hall of Fame thing. <laughs> I, I, really think, I really think it will be funny if it becomes the Matt Damon and like next episode is like, oh, we just don't have time. We for just it. don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> got to move but, on again. But we certainly appreciate everybody tuning in. I mean, the last few episodes, last episode was Silk was just absolutely phenomenal. It's two and a half hours. So I know it's a lot to sit through for one sitting. But I mean, oh. watch half of it. Watch another half because it is it is so good. Everything he says is so phenomenal. And and I say at the end of it, and I and I said to him in an email um, yesterday, which I and I wasn't even you know joking about it. I said, listen, I said, I'm not joking when I said that halfway through I didn't even want to ask you movie questions. I'm not even joking. Like everything you were talking about with life and exactly. like basketballs. I said everything. I feel like all the next questions I had on my list is like these just aren't important. His his personality and his just overall outlook on on life and in general is so infectious like you can't speak to him w- without being like inspired and in a and in a good mood and just want to do almost better just in general just do better and and those those people are, are very few in this world uh and and you know i just kind of got that vibe from silk uh you know he's just such an incredible person and you know we're so lucky and humbled to have him on and and i i, I like Wayne said, it's two and a half hours. It's a long listen. I understand that. I promise you it's worth the listen. Cut it in an hour. Cut it in an hour. Do it on a drive home and back. It's totally worth it. You're going you're gonna to love it. Absolutely. We and you all are incredibly blessed to be able to have a guy like that that's lived the life he has and gone through the obstacles, the ups and downs that he has. I mean, he's got an amazing story, and we are so blessed to be able to hear what we heard and to be able to create a friendship. I think that's honestly what we did. I mean, I'll, I'll be straight up with you guys. When Wayne said he was going to have Silk Cozart, I didn't know who that was. Of course, I've seen some of these movies. Um, so coming in, I was probably less interested. And coming out, I felt like I had just made a great friend. You know, the guy talked to us about him as a teenager, him as an adult, him now, and what he's done and how his life has evolved, how his mindset has evolved. And uh, I just came away being so happy. And it didn't feel like two and a half hours at all. It uh, like, really didn't. Like Sully really... mentioned, we probably could have kept going um, and going. So <laughs> yeah. Really, really happy that we had that opportunity. Uh, a lot of props to Wayne and all the scouring and searching that he's doing, all the work that he's putting in to get us some great interviews. Oh, thanks, Mama Bear. Go ahead and heat up my dinner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the interviews um, and the work that Wayne's putting in is amazing. I think he deserves mad props. Um, and I know that he's c- going to continue to get us some awesome guests um, between guests and segments. We're going to continue to bring you the best show possible. You know, infinity sports is going to bring infinite fun. 
Yeah, for sure. So uh, if you missed any part of the show, definitely check it out. Um, there is a phenomenal segment, if you tuned in late, where I call Mickey from the movie Rocky to ask him what I should do about Sal. And it's something that you absolutely you should tune in just to hear that section. So try to find it in the in the section here. Upload the show right away, Wayne, so I can listen to it on the way home. And uh, Kenny, did you have Aladdin number one, number two? Kenny, 12 is greater than nine, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know, Kenny. 